Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, coming to you from my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, where we are rocking the sports bell from the ATL. Make sure that you check me out anytime on social media at Kevin Taylor98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, so glad to have you along. Hopefully, everyone is doing well. You know, we have just had the Super Bowl, which we'll get into in a moment. College basketball is heating up right here in the city of Atlanta. We've got some great teams and some great action here in the city, as well as baseball season is right around the corner. All the colleges are getting ready for another upcoming season, along with the Atlanta Braves, but they'll be getting ready to report the spring training coming up next week. So let's go ahead and get into the program. As on this show, you'll hear my one-on-one interview with Claude Johnson, who's the executive director of the Black Fives Foundation. Also, Morehouse men's basketball coach Grady Brewer. We'll talk to him in just a moment, as well as you'll hear from Kirby Smart, who had one of the top recruiting classes in Georgia's history, one of the best in Georgia's history, and it's the best in the nation. So congratulations to Coach Smart and the staff. You'll hear from Kirby coming up on this program as well. All right, so top it off. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Yes, the Super Bowl has ended. All the fanfare is over. The Atlanta Falcons were not there, but there's always Nick Fielder, just like here in Atlanta, where it will be next year. But it was a game with over 1,000 yards were gained between the two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles, led by backup quarterback Nick Foles, who also was the game MVP, won their first NFL Super Bowl championship by defeating New England 41-33. Foles was 28 for 43 for 373 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick, though. Trey Burton's only pass was to Nick Foles for a one-yard touchdown on a, on a you know, trick play. So when you have those trick plays, you know, you just never know what to expect. But it worked well for Philadelphia. worked to perfection, actually. And uh, you got to credit that coaching staff and Coach Doug Peterson with that call because it was a bold move. Receiver Corey Clement caught, caught four passes, actually, for 100 yards. Now for New England, Tom Brady. He was 28 for 48 for 505 yards, yes, in the Super Bowl, through over 500 yards. Can you believe that? Three touchdowns and no picks for him. Danny Amendola, he threw a pass that actually bounced off of Tom Brady's fingertips. So, um, you know, the look on Tom Brady's face was, oh, I can't believe I did that. But, you know, hey, I'm Tom Brady. And he walks back to the to the huddle as if, you know, like disgusted. But, hey, I think a lot of fans, didn't mind seeing that, you know, a, a rare uh, missed opportunity, you know, from Tom Brady because he gets so much notoriety. Hey, I, I got to give him credit. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. He is, you know, but but at that point, it just did not happen. Um, now, here's the thing about that play, though. If he caught it, it would have at least gone for a possible touchdown or a goal-to-goal situation, in my opinion. Uh, Amendola, Chris Hogan, and Rob Gronkowski – had over 100 yards receiving. Hogan had a touchdown, and Gronkowski had two touchdowns. Now, of course, like I just told you, next year's Super Bowl will be right here in the ATL, and uh, teams will be taking this time to get their rosters ready to try to, of course, get here. Now, it's officially the offseason, if you want to call it that. But the NFL Combine, can you believe this, is at the end of the month. <laughs> Beginning on February 27th and lasting through March 5th. But congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Super Bowl is Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. And now we're going to go to college football as yesterday was National Signing Day. It's the top high school 
Football players in the nation announced the school where they'll be attending to play football next year. According to ESPN, Georgia had the number one recruiting class in the nation. And then included the number one overall player, Justin Fields, who's, as you can imagine, a quarterback. <laughs> the Bulldogs also uh, will be uh, getting Tyson Campbell, who was one of the top defensive backs in the country. He's 6'3", 181 pounds. And uh, in addition to Campbell, other top players that will be coming to Georgia are wide receiver Tommy Bush, linebacker Quay Walker, and linebacker Otis Reese. Let's now hear from head coach Kirby Smart about this year. Excited about the day. You know, it was kind of anticlimactic with the fact that we had had most of the the guys uh, signed um, as uh, mid-year guys. So a lot of early enrollees, a lot of early signees. But I think – one of the things that helped us today was the fact that we knocked a lot of the work out uh, in December. And I think when, anytime you're able to do that, you're really able to focus your attention on 2019, 2020. We had a lot of uh, junior days and sophomore days uh, in here on the Saturdays leading up to today. So that was a big advantage for us to get ahead. But we were able to focus a lot of our contact attention on the uh, four or five guys we needed to target for the remainder of our class. But um, obviously I'm excited about the class, and I know all you guys want to talk about the ranking. That really does not uh, float my boat or the staff's boat. I don't think that's what's important. What's more important is the quality of kids we were able to get, um, both academically and athletically. That's what excites me most about them, Um, the fact that 10 of these guys got over a 3.0 core GPA. We haven't had that in a long time. You know, the fact that three of these guys got offered uh, scholarships to um, Ivy League schools, that impresses me a lot. 25 of these 26 play multiple sports. And I think we all know the indicators of playing multiple sports. Um, you know, 13 of the 26 played for a state championship. So when you start looking at those things, they're winners. Uh, they're a tight-knit group really unselfish. Some of these kids went and watched other kids in the state championship game. Several of them went to uh, other guys' surgeries when they had uh, surgeries for uh, injuries, which we had several guys have. So they're a unique group. I'm excited about them. But the chore for them is to get past this and move on. And uh, I'm excited about what they bring to our team. But they also got a lot of big shoes to fill of some great young men that just left our program. Yes, they do have some big shoes to fill, that's for sure. But for everybody else in the country, get ready, because this is just the start of a momentous shifting. Alabama used to get the number one recruiting class in the country, but the shift has occurred. It's now shifted to Georgia. It's shifted east. So this is the first of many more of the best recruiting classes for Georgia, I'm sure, and under coach, head coach Kirby Smart, for sure. He is a good evaluator of talent and also a good recruiter as well. It's Timberlake Sports with Kevin Taylor, and there's a big showdown on the basketball court over the AU Center tonight. There's Morehouse College, who's ranked 11th nationally in Division II men's basketball and who's only lost, who's only lost one game this season. They're taking on neighborhood in AU Center rival Clark Atlanta at Epps Gymnasium on the campus of Clark Atlanta. In just a little while, the game is for first place in the SIAC division, so a lot is on the line. Recently, I talked to head coach Gritty Brewer of Morehouse College, and uh, he's ready for tonight's game. I'm joined now here on TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor by Morehouse men's basketball coach Gritty Brewer. Coach Brewer, thanks so much for being a part of TaylorMade Sports this week. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. Your team is doing very well this season, to say the least. And uh, I know you're very proud about that.
Yes, yes, he is very talented for sure. Now, of course, we've got a big game coming up this Thursday night over the campus of Clark Atlanta University at the Epps Gymnasium. Of course, your team will be taking on Clark Atlanta. This is for first place in the SIAC. And, uh, of course, like I said, you're 19-1, Clark Atlanta. You know, they're coming into this game with only two losses. But uh, both teams are ranked. And uh, how do you see this matchup playing out? records and placing in the conference that your teams are somewhat alike. Uh, how would you respond to that? Well, yeah, that's some similarity. I think uh, both teams are, are, are tough uh, defensive teams when they want to be. Uh, they can shoot the three ball. We can shoot the three ball. Um, I think where Clark Atlanta has an edge, they're a very good free throw shooting team, uh, a little bit better than us on paper. So we got to make sure we make our free throws because I think in games like that, it boils down to who can make the free shot. It's the little things that take care of the big wins when you come to those type of games. We have Morehouse head basketball coach Greedy Brewer as our special guest right now here on TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. And make sure that you check out this game on Thursday night over at Epps Gymnasium on the campus of Clark Atlanta University because it's for first place in the SIAC. And this is the first of two meetings between the two teams. Now, uh, Coach Brewer, before we let you go, of course, you know, your wins, you know, you're winning at a marginal average of about 11 points a game, and you're scoring 85 points a game, and you're able to hold your opponents to about 74 points per game. And uh, what do you think has been the main attribute as to why your defense has been so strong this year? Well, I wanted those guys to know how to play defense when they had to and know their position on the defensive end when you have to make a stop. Um, I wanted to pick up pace this year uh, with this team because I, I knew we had pretty good guards returning from last year's team. And so we just want to make sure that we're in the right defensive spots when we really, really have to make stops. And I think in, in Division two basketball, you have to have teams that score the ball well. I, I know in the past, teams that have done well with the Final Four and went to win national championships, they scored the ball well. So I needed to kind of sit back and not have so much control. You lose a little control when you run and put a pickup pace. But the joy of winning and the joy of the team defending uh, the basketball uh, overrides you having a little bit more control of your team. Uh, in that manner. Yes, yes. Well, Coach Brewer, we want to thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. And Hey, everybody, both of these teams are nationally ranked in Division II basketball, so you're going to have a great, a great time if you're going to the game. And uh, if you're not able to go, you know, you can check me out on Twitter at KevinTaylor98. I'll keep you updated as well 
as to uh, you know the latest information on the game. But Coach Brewer, I want to thank you again for taking out the time to be with us this week. And uh, I know it's going to be a hard fought game uh, for you guys uh, on Thursday tonight, but I know you're going to be ready. Yeah, we want everybody in the Maroon Nation to come over to CAU, get in where you fit in, and go Maroon Tigers. We'll see you on Thursday at 730. Hey, that's right. Greatly said, Coach Brewer, greatly said. All right, well, thanks, and we'll still be in touch, and we'll talk to you hopefully again on the program close to the end of the season. Hey, thank you. Thank you. That was uh, one of our special guests here on Taylor Day Sports this week, Morehouse head basketball coach Grady Brewer. And uh, like Coach Brewer said, tip-off is at 730, and uh, you're going to have a great time tonight at Clark Atlanta seeing two of the best teams in Atlanta and also Division Two play basketball. All right, it is Taylor Day Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, where we're rocking the Sports Bell from the ATL. Now, another special guest that I have on the program is Claude Johnson. And he's the direct, executive director of the Black Five Foundation. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the Black Fives. Um, you know, the Black Five said were dozens of African-American basketball teams that played before the racial integration of the National Basketball Association, of course, the NBA, from 1904 through 1950. And it was a period known as the Black Five era. Now, all the black squads were often known as colored quints, Negro cagers, or black fives. Fives refer to the five starting players in a basketball lineup. Now, what the black fives also do is, through their research, preservation, promotion, and education, they share stories and experiences of the pioneers and teams that actually paved the way for players in the game as we know it today. All right, so... Let me now take you into my interview that I had with Executive Director Claude. Johnson, thank you so much for being with us here on Taylor Mays for us. You're welcome. Let's talk about the, the Black Fives and, of course, the foundation of the program. Well, we're, we're, we're a nonprofit, a 501c3, and uh, we're, we've been around since 2013. But prior to that, we were Black Fives Incorporated. We were selling T-shirts. And, you know, that goes back to 1996, which was the 50th anniversary of the NBA. Um, the way this started is that I became interested in telling the stories of these pioneers that were once forgotten but very important in terms of their contributions, and nobody else was telling that story. And I just have a compassion for those who are voiceless. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm doing this is because when you look at these pioneers, nobody's telling their story. Nobody even knows about them in, in many cases. And so I've been, you know, a passionate um, advocate for their proper recognition, whether it's with the Basketball Hall of Fame or just through the language that we speak, which might be merchandise in some cases. In some cases, it's storytelling on our website or videos. We love it when we get an opportunity to be with NBA players because they usually eat it up in terms of this information. And then the Hawks are a fantastic organization just by the fact that they're even doing an event like this. And so we're looking to expand that. Hawks, we're doing something with the Knicks. Tomorrow we're doing something with um, the Brooklyn Nets because um, 
New York City declared February 10th as Black Fives Day for the city of New York. Okay, wonderful. So we're trying to do what we can, you know. Well, that's great, and of course, we are here on the campus of Morehouse College, and, you know, an event like this was also attended by uh, Hawks guards uh, Malcolm Delaney and uh, Isaiah Taylor. Now, we, since we are on the campus, ca uh, college campus, is it more so geared to college campuses when you try to uh, be more educational, or is it more of a broader base, base as well? It's really everyone. Okay. So I have I have three sons, they're teenagers. Okay. So they're, that's my first target audience, you mm -hmm. know. And there's sometimes my litmus test, like, is this valid with them? Is this is this does this have any kind of you know credibility with them? And it does, and they're interested. So it also depends on how we tell that story. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started using artifacts, you know, looking at the, the vintage basketball or vintage pair of shoes or yeah. knee pads, you know, there's a whole story about wh why did they have this kind of knee pads, you know, what about the basket, what about the positions, how did the guard become a guard, how, yeah. how, did, how did the name forward, you know, center, what happened. So it's not just for college kids, but uh, what I find is that on college campuses is often a great deal of interest because the minds are open and they're ready to receive, you know, almost any kind of information as long as it's focused on what they perceive as being relevant or important to them. So identity and, and, and obviously black culture. Um, but what's interesting is a lot of different people are interested in this. You know, it's, it's like saying, you know, do you like French cuisine? Well, it's not only the French that likes French cuisine or Italian or pizza, right? You don't have to be Italian. Or the same thing with art. This is pure culture. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different people, you know, we, our website is visited mm -hmm. by over 170 different countries. Mm -hmm. So that tells you something right there. Yes, it does. And now we saw a video at the beginning of the program. Is that same uh, video on your website that people can see going back to many years before of the history of basketball? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to blackfives.org and you scroll down, you can see that video. You can also see it on Vimeo or on YouTube. Um, we have a YouTube channel. And we're not an, an amazing, huge organization like the Hawks. We're very humble. Yes. But at the same time, you know, this helps us keep getting our footprint bigger and bigger. And you even put out a vintage photograph of an early Morehouse College basketball team. Yeah, that's right. That was 1922. Morehouse had a 46-game winning streak. And they, uh, they they traveled up to New York City. It was the first time a team from a black team or even any team from the South um, came up to New York City to play a black team. It was the first HBCU um, from from the South. The other HBCUs would always be, you know, the furthest south would be Hampton, um, but it was the first one from Atlanta. And uh, they got that streak broken by a team called the St. Christopher Club, which was an amateur club team that Paul Robeson played on yes. in, his, in his early years while he was a law student at uh, Columbia University. And, of course, we even found out about the early days of the Harlem Globetrotters as well. That, that to you. That's right. So the Globetrotters weren't really from Harlem. They are from Chicago. People probably know that by now. But they were part of that history as well. And they were intertwined into the beginnings of the NBA because they helped the NBA teams establish their spectators when at the beginning they didn't have the biggest audience. But the Globetrotters had huge following. So they would play the beginning of a doubleheader and that would help the NBA team achieve, you know, a better uh, a better attendance.
Uh, this is so educational, you know, for what you're doing. But do you have any upcoming events as well? And how can we find out more information about what you're doing as well? Oh, well, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter. It's, um, it's, it's uh, you know, at Black Fives. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's, you know, forward slash Black Fives. Uh, our website is, is obviously blackfives.org. And we do always have things coming up. Um, Black History Month is, is busy for us. Um, I'm getting, uh, uh, and, our, and our organization is getting an award from the Knicks tomorrow. Mm. Um, the, it's the Sweetwater Clifton City Spirit Award. It's a very prestigious award uh, for community service. And um, on the 10th, which is the following Saturday, uh, Sunday, um, the Nets are going to do a special commemoration because it's Black Fives Day. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we have... We have another thing coming up next year where we're donating some of our artifacts to um, the Lyndon Baines Johnson Library because they're doing an exhibition on sports and social justice that opens up in April. So there's things like that that we always try to look forward to. Well, Mr. Johnson, thank you so much for taking out the time to be with us here on TaylorMade Sports. And much continued success to you and the Black Five as well. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. All right. That was Claude Johnson. Executive Director of the Black Fives right here on Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thanks so much to uh, Coach Brewer and Claude Johnson for being with us as our guests this week on the program. All right, now, NBA news. Of course, as we record this program on Thursday, February 8th, it was the trade deadline today. The Atlanta Hawks, well, <laughs> that kind of sums it up. They're pretty much quiet on the trade deadline, but they they they, they did make a small a small move. Uh, they traded Luke Babbitt back to Miami for a Carl White. But then you know what the Hawks turned around and did? They waved White in a separate move. <laughs> so not really much to tell there. They also acquired guard Sheldon Mack from Washington in exchange for cash in a second-round pick. But uh, Mack, who's actually recovering from an Achilles injury, he's expected to not play, not play at all during this season. And so he's expected to become a free agent after the season. So, you know, basically a, a move that the Hawks made to gain some cash in that situation. So uh looks like they just freed up some money. You know, with uh, trading Luke Babbitt and for Sheldon Mack that, uh, you know, create up some space for Washington and also with them probably not playing him and him being a free agent at the end of the season, we'll create some money there as well to free up, basically, in a nutshell. But the big news of the day was uh, Cleveland, who actually will be in town on Friday to play the Hawks. You know, Isaiah Thomas, it was a lot of things said about that trade when they traded uh, for him with Boston to get him, of course. But Cleveland is now sending Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. So we'll see how that plays out out in L.A. So uh, Cleveland, I got to give it to them now with this move. They do become improved. They do become younger. Uh, L.A. frees up some money so that they can go after LeBron James, who will be a free agent, or he may opt out of that contract, rather, um, at the end of the season. So this frees up some money, so that's speculation. 
that uh, they may try to go after LeBron or Paul George or both. So we'll see. But right now, this trade deadline was basically kind of just tell us to free up money more so than being competitive, I would say, to, you know, get an upper hand. Whereas in years past, you know, you had teams that were trying to get the upper hand and trying to, you know, get positioning for the playoffs. But it looks like this year is for money reasons more so than anything. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. On the next edition of the program, Georgia Tech and Georgia State, I did not leave you out for National Signing Day. We're going to get to you on the next program. You have my word on that, all right? We're also going to discuss more about the Atlanta Hawks and college basketball here as well in the city of Atlanta. Oh, and also speaking of the Hawks tonight, as we record the show, like I said on Thursday, they're taking on Orlando. Orlando, Thursday and Friday, Cleveland and Phillips Arena. Sunday, Detroit, who's right now playing very well with the addition of Blake Griffin. They'll be in town Sunday afternoon, 3.30, Phillips Arena. So make sure that you're there as well. Never be discouraged. Always encouraged. Until the next time, my friends, I'm out.